Uh, my love calls to me, arise, my darling, come away with me, my beautiful one. For now the winter is past, the rain has ended and gone away. The blossoms appear in the countryside. The time of singing has come, and the turtle dove's cooing is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs. The blossoming vines give off their fragrance. Arise, my darling, come away with me, my beautiful one. Now, there may be some words as I read that that jump out to you. And I want to encourage you. We're going to read it again in a few moments now. We'll ask the Spirit just to allow some words to stand out to us. And maybe that's an invitation from God this morning for you to go away as we, when we leave this place and sit with that word for a while and ask God to speak to you. But there's some words for us that have really stood out as we've read that. Ian, do you want to uh, start with the first word that we, we saw? Yeah, so the word arise, it just really grabs my attention. Because what does... When we talk about arise, what does it mean? It's like it's a change of posture, isn't it? Like I've, I've arisen from my seat and now I'm up and I'm at it and I might start preaching. No, I won't start preaching. Or you're going to change key because that's what boys own do when yeah. they stand up. Yes. <laughs> Although that would be really painful for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a, there's, a, there's a change of posture. There's a, a movement that comes with getting up from a seated position or a, 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 a defensive position. And so for us, I think that's one of the markers. I think there's a, there's a shift. I think what, again, this is really, I guess, what we're saying today is for us as a community to, to weigh up and go, actually, yeah, get some resonance with what is being said. But I think this next year, um, I, I think the arise means to us to change our posture from a defensive mode to more of a, an advancing mode. Uh, and in light of what God is, is calling us into. And I think within all of that, you kind of go, well, what does that mean? Oh, I, I, I think it means, uh, I think there's a unity of heart that's needed when we start to talk in that way. Um, not a unity, I'm going, to say, I, I'm going to say something that came to me in a, as I was praying into this. Um, and actually, when we talk about unity, it's not a unity of preference. Because often... Um, things that can cause issues in communities are around preferences. Because I'll be honest, I've got a preference. I have preferences, all right? And, um, and they may be different to yours. And your preferences might be different to mine. Now, it doesn't mean to say that we don't need to find some way of working forward in those things, all right? Because we recognize that we're different, we're designed different, we connect with community and God in ways that are, are unique to us because we're, we're individuals, we're people, but we're also called to be a collective body who are on the mission of Jesus together. So when I think they talk about this change of posture and arising and advancing, I don't think it's, it's simply about relentless activity. Like we just get, need to get busy. I, I think there's a change of posture in the heart, but I think is a, as, as we said back in September, I think, this, this next season was a, about unity of heart and mind. And, um, and, and so unity around mission, unity around purpose, or unity around a sense of we're going in the same direction together. And I think that's what shifted, is that there's a, I think we're breathing again, actually. I think we're breathing again. I think we're going, there's life emerging. And when life emerges, I think we begin to stand up. That's some of my yeah, good. Uh, for me, it, the word arise just reminded me of Isaiah 60. Yeah. Of the arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord shines over you. 
For look, darkness will cover the earth and total darkness the peoples, but the Lord will shine over you. His glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to your shining brightness. I mean, what a declaration. So I think for me, the arising is, as Ian has said, I'm not going to repeat it. There's nothing more to be said, but it's a posture. But I find it fascinating that after that, um, it says, arise, my darling, come away with me. So I think there's, we can all arise, but as we arise and we move forward, what direction are we walking in? And I think that's something of what Ian is speaking into there. Of, of, uh, we walk together in unity towards the one that calls us beloved. We get to arise and walk towards him. There's an invitation for intimacy. And I think it's all well and good arising. You can arise and you can walk that way and I'll walk that way. And Jesus is over there going, hello. But the arising is the beckoning of him to come to him. There's an invitation to intimacy. And I think that's another thing for in this season. There's an invitation to intimacy. Um, And I think that that will cause a number of things. I think that will be an opportunity for us to be closer to him which is primary. Um, you know, with, without intimacy with him, then we give up. So it's intimacy with him, which will cause intimacy with each other, which I think then will be an attraction to the lost to desire an intimacy that they've not found anywhere else. Because this world is longing for intimacy and it will search for it in every single place possible. Which is why some of the greatest, you know, the, the highest searches on the internet are people craving intimacy in places that they can't find it. And yet the church has got intimacy with the one that created us. And I think if we can get a deeper intimacy with him, there's something that will attract the lost because they're craving it. And so I see in these verses the arise, but then the beckoning of come to me, come away with me. Uh, And so as a church, we're going to be exploring what that means to be intimate uh, with our creator. And I I think part of that is thinking about our, our life of prayer and what does that mean and what does that look like, both individually and corporately. Um, I don't know whether you picked up on this by now, but I'm, I am, a, a by heart, an activist. I love to be active and busy. I, I want, to, want to push things ahead, right? So that's my, I think John's probably picked that up in the last few. And for those that have been in the church for a while and you thought I was an activist and I like to push things ahead, I'm constantly going, Ian, let's slow down. <laughs> um, so that shows how much of an activist he is. <laughs> so, 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 uh, so, what am I going with? So, yeah. What, what, we don't, what we don't want to fall into the trap of is simply trying to make things happen in our own steam and our own effort and energy, but nor do we want to delay and hold back when the Spirit is saying, beckoning and saying, come. So how do we begin to discern that? I think we begin to discern it in a place of prayer, and I think we begin to discern it in a place of community. Because we don't, it's not, this is not like Moses moments where one person goes up onto the mountain and says, thus saith the Lord, this is the direction we're going to go and walk in it. Um, there's a sense of coming together in a place of prayer. This seems right to us and the Holy Spirit. Now, I think there's a, respons- there's a clear responsibility of leadership within that for us to go, we get in a sense of what God is saying and what God's asking as part of what we're doing this morning, I guess, is just reflect some of our reflections upon a passage and a season where we've been in and a season where we're going. We're we're saying, Lord, what what are we doing? But we we want it to be birthed in a place of prayer because actually prayer, if it doesn't lead to mission, is just self-indulgence. If it doesn't lead us to a sense of being actively participating in God's work, wherever we find ourselves, it's... I think it's simply a religious religious activity. 
Because to come into a place of prayer means to come into a place of intimacy, which means to come into a place of transformation because you can't spend time with somebody and not be affected by them in some way. And so um, that's kind of... So there's an arising, but then there's a movement. Arise, come to me. Move, yeah. Um, And I think you touched on something there where it's... Sorry, I was going to say, it kind of goes, it swings, doesn't it, between the the place of prayer and then a a movement into into mission and activity. And those two things are always swing in in a motion of working in unison, but without one, we'll blow up. And without without actively being involved, we'll just, I think we'll dry up. Absolutely. So what we see then is in these scriptures is um, what we're speaking into is a change of season. That it talks about the winter is past. Hallelujah. The winter's past. I don't know about you, but I like the winter. I like the idea of the winter passing. This sun for these last few days has been fantastic, hasn't it? There's something about a shift in season. There's something about a change. And and um, like Ian was saying there, that the, it's not. When, when the season shifts, when winter comes to a close and spring starts to spring, it's not trying, is it? It's just, it's, it's a byproduct of the passage of time. It's what happens. This next season comes, and with this next season, something different happens. There's markers of that season, which is the flowers start to come up. And you see the crocuses, and you see the daffodils, and you see, um, I started a list of flowers, and I shouldn't. Um, whatever flower you like will start to blossom. But there's a shift in that season, isn't there? It starts to change. What we see around us starts to change. And this scripture says, as a declaration, and I kind of want to be bold enough to make a declaration over the church that the winter is past. That winter is gone. The rains has ended. Blossom is appearing in the countryside. It's the time of singing. Yes, and amen. Amen. I, I, I think... I think part of our responsibility is to try and call the seasons... And respond accordingly, and I think it's it's based off what we uh, what we try to what we try to see evidence of. And so life life is really important. So Jesus, when we talk about winter, Jesus, we've just gone through Christmas. Jesus stepping into the darkness, into the darkness of humanity. And when Jesus comes, what does John, the Apostle John, write? He says, "The light and life came into the darkness." And so I think. The, the more that we make a much of Jesus, the more we step into the light. The more that we spend time with him and, and, and grow in him and intimate with him, the more we step out into, into the darkness of our world and, and actually begin to radiate life. Because where the presence of Jesus is, there is life. Jesus cannot be in a place and the death be maintained. He is the Lord of life. And so... I think this idea then of, of, of new life is something that we are, um, we want to see. We want to see in us, see in our community and our communities, our places of which uh, God, is at, God is at work. So where are you seeing evidences of the grace of God and evidences of new life. So just think back some of the stories that we've heard over the recent weeks. Meg, I think you've said some, some stories about something that shifted last week in terms of your prayer and expectation of, of salvation coming into your family. I think, think back to Steve's story the other, other week of the colleague that began asking some questions around faith and exploring that and, and opportunities just to see where that goes. And, and, and I think so I think that's what I'm beginning. To, what we're trying to say is that be, these things are happening, 
And so I think it's right for us to begin to call it out and say, there's a season change. Because a few months ago, we weren't hearing stories of those. A few months ago, we weren't necessarily hearing it or seeing that in the same way. And so I think, let's call it out, let's believe it, that winter's passed and uh, new life will come. I was just reminded of uh, Ezekiel 47, where the river is flowing out of the temple, and as it gets further away from the temple, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper, and I'm always struck by where the river of God flows, life grows. For those of you that tweet, you can have that one for free. Where the river of God goes, what did I say? Where the river of God goes, life, no, where the river of God flows, life grows. And that actually, uh, some, again, something stirs within us of, of life, and th- there's flowers that start growing, there's, there's, there's a new energy, there's a new season, there's a new shift, and actually that's life. And when the people of God are filled with life, um, we can start to see it happening in our towns and our, our villages and our workplaces. And then we start, as, as Ian's highlighted, people are starting to see signs of life happening in, in places. And I think, um, yeah, I'm going to stop there because I could preach on that and I'm not going to. Yeah, and I think it's also in the midst of, we recognize that this is the, the now and the not yet kingdom. Yeah. So that this, this, what it, what saying all this doesn't mean that the realities of life won't still be present. Absolutely. And the challenges that we face is our posture towards them and our ability to walk through them shifts when it comes out of this place of the life of Christ being active in us. And so I think it's just to, just to recognize that. But also then the people around us who don't yet know Jesus, who are far from him, when they see the way that we walk through those things and walk through them together, not just on our own, but actually as a community of people going, oh, we're, we're in this, we're, we're together in this, we're walking with you through this. And, and you, might be, you might be in a moment where life is difficult and challenging, but because of the community around you, like it's, it's almost like the, your, your, the ability to be able to be swept along and sustained and kept and held is lived out in the life of a community that I think is reflected in something of of, um, of love for one another. Absolutely. And just to link that through actually with what we're sensing is that in this scripture it talks about the time of singing has come. The time of singing has come. And I wonder actually just as Ian was speaking there that maybe we've allowed circumstances to determine the song instead of saying I'm going to sing regardless of the circumstances. And actually there's an invitation that as, as Ian was saying there that, that circumstances may not shift but then circumstances aren't our God. And so we're not going to worship our circumstances. We're going to choose to sing a song to God. And I wonder what song you've been singing in this past season. And I wonder if there's a different song that we need to sing. And I joked earlier on about the arising and changing key. But maybe, maybe it's the same song but in a different key and it'll help you see it in a different way. Maybe it's a different song. Maybe it's a different rhythm. If, you, if you're musical, um, then you can hear one song done in the 1950s. And then my kids were listening to something, um, uh, How Worldly I Am, by Megan Trainer, um, called Mother. And, I was, and there's a, there's a, um, it's got the, for those that know music, it's got the melody to Mr. Sandman in the background. Dun, 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 And I said, oh, that's Mr. Sandman. And they had no clue whatsoever. To them, it was a completely new song. To me, it was a reworking of a song. Um, and it's a, it was a different sound. And I just wonder whether that there's a time for singing. Maybe some of us have been silent uh, and we need to start singing. I think there's a number of different things in that. I think, I think our corporate times of singing are going to be significant. And I think there's an invitation to step into something in that where we're declaring something together. You know we are about scattered. 
and what it looks like in missional communities, gospel, uh, missional households, gospel communities. You know that's what we're about, but that doesn't devalue the times we gather together. It's not either or, it's both and. And there is something significant about being the church that gathers and declares and sings. We are a singing people. I was saying to Ian a few months ago that um, the first thing that Israel do when they cross uh, the Red Sea, what's the first thing they do? They sing. Because God's people are a singing people. Any other nation at that time, when they'd have defeated an enemy, like the, um, the um, Egyptians get swept up in the Red Sea, don't they? And what would have happened traditionally was they would have listed all of the enemies they defeated. So it would have been a stand up and make a declaration of how good they were at defeating their enemies. What do the people of God do? They sing about how good God is. And so as a people, we're called to be a singing people. So I think there's something that's going to happen corporately, but I think metaphorically speaking in our own lives, there's an invitation to a different song, to a different sound. Maybe we're singing the song of bitterness. And there's an invitation to say, I'm going to sing a different song. And it's really hard. It's really hard to sing a different song. And we need to come before God and we need to say, I recognize I'm singing this song. Spirit of God, will you help me? As I, as I recognize those moments when I'm singing this song, will you work with me and help me to sing that song? Because in that, I think there's something of the new season. Yeah. And I, I think there's the shift of song, but I also can think of people in the room, John, who have um, gone through some really difficult things in the last 12 months or so, who have learned to sing a different song in that season. And so I think this is where the learning in community is really helpful, isn't it? Um, so you might be thinking that's, you might, as John said, you might be singing the song of bitterness because of circumstances that happened. You kind of, how do I begin to change the song? How do I begin to change the narrative? Well, I, I think there are, yes, go to, go to Jesus and go to God and sing. But there are people who you can learn from within the context of a community that help you to learn how to do that. Um, Absolutely. Two, 2 Corinthians 1 is is something that some people need to step into. That, um, that, that talks about um, uh, God doesn't waste a hurt, basically. That it speaks into um, the God of all comfort comforted you in order for you to comfort others. And I think some of you have a story that um, is being kept inside and to be able to, to journey alongside others and say, actually, this is one way you can do it. This is, I think that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Thanks, Ian. No, that's good, because I think it's, not, it's, it's both and, isn't it? Absolutely. There's, there's those moments where we wrestle with this, because this is the reality of trying to, I think, trying to pursue a life of intimacy with God, is that sometimes it's really hard. Yeah. Isn't it? Yep. Sometimes it's really hard. And we see that in all kinds of, like, earthly dynamics. Sometimes relationships are just really hard. And, um, and so we, we, have to, we have to journey through that stuff and understand and learn from it and also make just commitments. Because actually Jesus calls for our undivided loyalty above anybody else and everybody else. It's, that's what he calls us to. And I think maybe that's something that we could draw out from this, these songs, these poems, is there's, there's a beckoning to loyalty, to devotion, to commitment that's seen in our relationship with God, but also... Uh, I think with one another. Great. Let's let's start to draw things to a close, yeah. and we're at time. So we, yeah. um, the fig tree ripens its figs; the blossoming vines give off their fragrance. It's life in it. Yeah. Um, I think again, the, just any picture like that is life. But there's also that passage. Um, I can't remember. It's in uh, Paul talks about in Corinthians where the 
the, fra- the fragrance of Christ. He's known as he's walking to, you know, in, in, in through it that, um, yeah, maybe you could find it. But there's the sense of Thanks. which, <laughs> I, can't, I just can't remember. It's just come to me. I'll secretly um, Google it. Yeah, yeah, Google it. Um, where actually out of intimacy with God, out of our walk with God through the tough, tough and good times, our life with him, as his life emerges in us and through us and from us, I think gives off a fragrance. I think our, our presence in places change atmospheres when we are in Christ Jesus. I don't, and I don't, I don't think we, we can always be aware of it, but you, you take you out of an environment and what would that environment be like? What do people notice when you're not there? I, th- I just think back to a comment that was made when I was a chaplain for West Midlands Police, uh, and uh, and one of the one of the guys just made, he said there's something there's something different happens when you're in this environment, and I but I think that's not, that's not just something that's not just me. I, I think that's something about us as God's people that changes environments when we're in when we are in Christ Jesus. We give off a fragrance that people can't put their finger on until it disappears. And I think that's the promise of this new life in Jesus. 2 Corinthians 2, uh, 14 says, But thanks to God who always leads us in Christ's triumphal possession and through us spreads the aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Love that. The aroma of Christ. Because it's his triumphant entry. Uh, again, it goes back to that arise actually is a resurrection word. Arise is a Jesus word. It's from the death, there's life. And so as we arise, we step into and uh, declare the aroma of Christ in every space and place. Great, so how do we want to land this? Well, I think um, just some, uh, well, very quickly, a couple of things that we'll look to do over the course of this next year. So we've Alpha, everybody, everybody heard of Alpha, the Alpha course um, out of HDB? I don't think we've done this for a little while as a, as a church, um, but I think one of the message signals for us um, as, a, as a community is an expectation that people come to faith. And so let's, we're going to do some Alpha. So our mission of household is going to take responsibility for one. So just say so we're not going to do, that doesn't mean a corporate yeah. Alpha as a church. We're inviting yep. missional households that are gathering, so yep. those that don't know what that means, groups of people that are meeting around the area with the aim of multiplying in order to reach the lost. Um, we're going to intentionally uh, look at how those people we've been building relationships with outside of the church can start to have intentional conversations around faith. Um, and so Alpha is a great tool for that. Yeah, and so each missional household can work out where the best moment and opportunity is for that to take place. Um, I think there's, there's some other things that we'll talk to in the next couple of weeks, but prayer and opportunities for people to explore faith if we really believe that jesus is breathing new life and desires those that are far from him to know him we've got to create those opportunities yeah um i think some of the other stuff we're looking at is what we're going to start calling collectives so uh what we're going to start potentially january probably february is a creative collective so you will know our values as a church we've got a rhythm of life that we live to up in out and down and we seek to uh, see how god is inviting us to live into that rhythm and within that are some values i'm not going to go into them all now but creativity is one of our values so we're going to give space for some creative stuff to come through i think within these scriptures there's a creativity of god to to make something new so whether it's music whether it's the arts poetry dance whatever it is we're going to create space for people that are creative maybe you're not even creative and you go i'm not i'll get on my my 
a bandwagon in a minute. Everybody's creative, but you may feel you're not creative. So you can come into a space where we say, why don't you explore what creativity looks like? And so we're going to have a creative collective where we just create that space for songwriters, all that stuff. Um, and then we're going to have a learning collective as well. So those that feel that God might be saying, do you know what? I wonder if there's a teaching gift in me. We can start to see that come about as we create space to learn together as to what God is speaking to us. So collectives is something that we're going to start uh, where it's just space to explore those values together. It's great. And more will come out, I guess, over the next few weeks as we unpack this uh, a little bit more. But I, I think one of the things that I'd love you to, we would love you to do over the next maybe, maybe week or so is look at verse 15, and it says this. Um, Catch the little foxes for us, the little fox that ruins the vineyard, for our vineyards are in bloom. Um, there's a response, so there's this response between husband and wife, and recognition that the little foxes can cause great disruption in a vineyard that's starting to produce fruit. So uh, may, maybe there are, maybe just individually think about, well, what are, what are the potential little foxes that could seek to disrupt or destroy your pursuit of intimacy with, with Jesus? What are the things in your own life, just as an individual? What are the, what the, what's your schedule? What's the things of priorities? What are the things that you're kind of wrestling with? Um, just do maybe just take some time just to think those things through jot them down and and what are the commitments that you want to make um you may have already done that as part of a new year resolution thing but what are the what are the potential things to destroy but then also i guess for missional households we need to think think through well what are the potential things that could um stop us or destroy uh, the pursuit of those those things like alpha or new life what are the what are the little foxes that actually we just need to grab a hold of and not let run riot in what God is doing. So I think there's an individual thing about that. I think there's a missional household thing for that. And I, and I think there's a, a wider community. What are the things that could potentially destroy that we just need to be aware of, grab a hold of and say, it's not happening because new life is here. So I encourage you as you meet with missional households this week, maybe that's the question as you eat together, as you gather together, what are the, are the foxes that we need to catch? And maybe in your own life, I'm going to read this scripture. And then what we're going to do is we ended last year with communion. We're going to start this year with communion. Christ at the center. Christ is the purpose. It's the linchpin. It's what we're all about. He is the one. Without him, we give up. Um, and he's the one that's calling us to arise and to walk, move towards himself. And so if we keep Christ at the center, um, then um, that, that's, that's where we're heading. And so um, we're going to be finished in a few moments. And so I'm going to read this verse. And I just want to invite the Holy Spirit just to speak to each one of us. Um, And there may be a word um, from this verse that just jumps out at you. And maybe that's God just saying, this is something I want to speak to you about. And maybe it's off the back of some stuff that Ian and I have said. Maybe God will just start to have a little conversation with you. uh, And you can start start that now and then pick that up um, in in your own time. But we're then going to come and take communion. uh, And then we'll finish. Is that okay? Great. So let's just, let's just pause. Let's just close our eyes. Let's just fix our attention on him. Christ at the center. And we invite you, Spirit of God, will you just come and speak to us, your people? Open our ears to hear your whisper through your word. We pray the God who has been speaking, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will continue to speak and speak into our lives now and in the days and weeks to come as we seek to be your people. Tune our ears to the song that you're singing so we can join with it 
and make a sound that changes our lives, those around us, so we can see our purpose, we can see your mission, we can see where you're moving. So arise, my darling. Come away with me, my beautiful one. For now the winter is past. The rain has ended and gone away. The blossoms appear in the countryside. The time of singing has come. The turtle dove's cooing is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens its figs. The blossoming vines give off their fragrance. Arise, my darling. Come away with me, my beautiful one. Apostle Paul encouraged the church in Corinth with these words. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so we join with the, uh, with the global church today in the proclamation of the death and resurrection of Jesus, that he is our life as we take these emblems. This is a, this is a declaration of our loyalty to Jesus and Jesus' loyalty to us, that he is the faithful one, the one who is uh, the resurrection and the life who calls us to arise. And so we take the bread and the juice in recognition of his body that was given for us and his blood that was poured out for us so that we might inherit his life, life eternal. And so as John plays, um, just invite you as, you as you're ready to come up and take of the, the bread and the juice uh, just in your, in your, in your own time. Just on a practical note, it's um, gluten-free, milk-free, so you feel free to take that. Um, hopefully we can take this all together as an act of unity of just giving our life to him afresh. <laughs> 